this is a new podcast where I bring on my donor and my sister and the full story how everything went down. Um, and we're going to just get right into it, man. This is, this is just a new beginning, 2020. And I want to let you guys know what it's like to actually go through the kidney transplant, the full process, and, and just being grateful for that new experience in life. We got Shana, my sister Marie here, and we're just gonna run it down, you know? So so how did this all perspire with, with everything you guys went through? And thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> um, I just wanted to know, like, how did everything go? Because I was trying to promote, like, this whole kidney awareness. Can I get help from everyone in the public? And, and, and it just wasn't happening for me, you know? I was on dialysis two years, and, and it was really rough for me, you know? But I just want to hear your story, how it came about, and, and how this all began, and your guys' story. Yeah, um, it initially started with a text message from Marie. She sent a link to a Facebook post, and it was about you needing a donor, and she asked myself and our close friend, Alyssa, in a group chat if we knew anybody that would consider donating and uh, I immediately responded that I would get tested and I called um, your first facility that you were listed at that day right 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 um, right and called them to try to start the process and what was that like like wait first off what was the initial text what did it say um how did it come about? I mean, that's something fairly, you know. Um, well, I, I have it verbatim in my phone, which is over there, but it, it literally said, um, Mark's gonna start dialysis on Monday. Um, if you know anybody who's considered getting tested, um, you know, let me know. Right. And then something to that effect, and just immediately. Wow, so you went right after? Yeah. And what made you do it, Gunda? Well, I reached out to her and Alyssa because they both work in the medical field. So I felt like they have, they'll be around people who, you know, the possibility of just random, everyone, you know, it's going to be different. They're around a lot of different people. So it's like you interact with people who are just randomly there at hospitals or there for checkups. So it was just easier for me to, I felt like, you know, you could spread the word quicker um, as opposed to me. I don't have, I don't work in the medical field, so it was hard for me to, I don't have a follower, I don't have, you know, my Instagram isn't, it's just private, so I feel like if I were to reach out to you guys, you spread the word, it'll be quicker, you know what I mean? Not even quicker, but it was just, I don't know, it was just, it was just, I, I was, I was kind of like desperate, and I was just going through, like, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to feel, or I didn't know how to, I didn't know what I was getting myself, or us as a family was going to go through, so that's why I... I just reached out just for a long shot. I had nothing to lose, you know what I mean? It was just, you know. And it wasn't like I reached out to her to want to donate. It was just, hey, just bring awareness if you know anybody. Just just random. And, you know, my angel answered and she wanted to get tested. Which, and then, you know, you're, what are the odds of her being the same blood type as us? So... I mean, you've been around the family for so long, and, and it's just like, boom, it was just like, I mean, I was just blown away, you know what I'm saying? Because, go ahead. I was gonna say, it wasn't right away. Right, The first right. facility never said that we were a match, so wow. I just kind of want to 
backtrack on what right. actually happened um, and that whole process was me initially calling, going through the phone screening, right. passing that, coming in to get blood work, coming in to do the urine test, doing my, um, my 24 hour blood pressure test. And then when the first blood test came back, it came back that I was anemic. And they said, take some iron pills, right. come back. We're gonna take your, you're gonna um, give you more, we're, you're gonna um, do more labs to make sure that your blood went up to make sure you're not still anemic. Right. And I was having trouble taking iron pills. They were making me sick. Wow. And so my I wasn't getting better, my anemia wasn't getting better, my wow. levels were still really, really low. They had gotten worse. Oh. And um, at that point, the first facility never told me that we were a match. Ever. Ever. They never told me once that we were a match. And maybe they were doing that to protect you. Right. I don't I don't know what their process is. Right. And they never told me either. And I don't know what I could have done even if you know right. that may right. have been more heartbreaking to know that we were a match, but there was an issue and it just disqualified me immediately because I couldn't donate. Right. So right. that may have been their reasoning for not disclosing dis disclosing that. Right. Right. Um, after I found out the last time that I was anemic and they weren't going to test me anymore, right. I was really discouraged and I was down. But I was also in a place where I was really sick. I was calling into work all the time because I was lethargic. I was tired because of my anemia. Wow. It had gotten so bad um, that my supervisor came to speak to me about how often I was calling in sick. And so up talking to my primary care physician about it, talking about, you know, how bad my anemia was, and then also about how I wanted to donate, and then she told me that I could get, um, I could get iron infusions, right. and I didn't even know iron infusions wow. existed, and I talked about that with your sister, about, you know, all the things that I was going through while you were go still going through looking for a match. Wow. In my head, I knew I wanted to get better to get tested again. I didn't have that conversation with her because yeah, I didn't I, want to get her hopes up. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know until you were done. Until you actually got retested. Yeah. Um, and that was my issue too with, see, with the hospital that we were at to begin with was because it wasn't just for her being a donor. It was just for her health in itself. Right. So I was like, that could have just made you healthy in itself, not even have being a donor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I felt like they took that away from, kind of took it away from you. Even just outside of just being a donor, like I felt like that, you know, should have been, you should have been more educated on that and how it could have been, you could have been, you know, um, it could have helped you. But I feel like because the title is, you know, the kidney donor transplant, yeah. their job is to focus on that. Yeah. Not how to make patients better in order right. to be trans, you know, that's my primary care physician's job in my mind. Right. Like there's more, obviously there's more, we're both right. There's more than one way to look at this. Right. But I, I feel like, you know, they're, they were advocating for the patient. Their right. job isn't to advocate and get me better. Right. But through this process and trying to help you, I did end up getting myself better. And I did end up taking care of my anemia and I'm fine and I'm healthy and I, and 
ended up getting, I told Marie I wanted to get tested again. My anemia was fine. I got my infusions. I felt incredible. I had amazing energy. And, um, and then that's when I got the information from her for UCLA that this, this is where things got interesting is that the second time that I got tested, I had also applied for a job in Japan. What? And so your sister and was concerned and rightfully so about like right. I know you want to help my brother, but you also have this dream of working in another country. Right. What's gonna happen if they want you? Right. What how are you what are you committing to? Right. What right. you right. you know, where right. is your mind? I need to know for me and my family right. what's going on. Where's your priority? Right. And right. I made very, very clear to her that you were a priority. That if I needed to not go to Japan in order to do this surgery, then that's what was gonna happen. So you were saying that when, when we got to the to the post, what happened? What were you I mean, what what was on your mind? What were you going through as a family before you decided to share with everybody publicly like that? Um I think it was up until Mark was actually going into dialysis where it actually hit us. I think that's as a family was when it was a reality check for us. And, you know, as a family, it wasn't something that we told much. It was really just our immediate family that knew. It's just we weren't, I don't know if it was a pride thing. I, I honestly don't know what it was. But it was to the point where, you know, Mark got sick. We went to the hospital. I remember that day vividly. He got sick. He was in the bathroom. We had to rush to Cedars. And that night he was, I don't know if it was that night, but it was, he was, the doctor told us that he was going to start dialysis. And I think that very moment for us as a family was like, Damn, this like, is, is going to happen. Like it was, you know, he's he's gone through it. We were already going through it as a family, but it wasn't it wasn't real. Like it wasn't real. It just felt like he was still living a normal life. He was doing all the activities as a normal person with kidney failure, but it just wasn't once you're in dialysis, it's like, "Oh, it's real." Like now you got to really slow it down a little bit. And I think for us that was like it was just so scary. And you know, it was a decision that my older sister actually did. She was the, she was the one who actually wrote the post. And she posted it on, on Facebook. So it was our, I think as a family, like, it's us letting our guard down. It was like, it was such a relief that we can actually ask for help. Yeah. And it's like being a, such a, it's a, I don't know if it was a prideful thing as a family, but it was just like, we need help. So it was like, let me, let, let us just do this. Let, you know, we, what it, bring awareness. Like, it's, it's not even just about, you know, if you can, if you can't, fine. You know what I mean? So that's where the root of that, that, that post came when I originally sent it to you. And it was me just, as a family, just bringing awareness. Like, hey, my brother's really gonna go through this. We're gonna go through this. It's a confusing phase. It's, it was just, it was so much. It was like, it was so, it was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was just an unfamiliar thing. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know. You know what I mean? He obviously knew because he was actually going through it. But it was just, 
you know, it was that day that he was actually had to been, you know, as soon as they did that, the, what is this, the, um, the catheter, the cath, yeah, the catheter was when he was like, okay, you're going to go through dialysis, and that was just like, that probably changed our lives, like all of our lives. Like the first day I was on yeah. dialysis, they, I can see everyone like, man, this looks tough. And I remember that I was like, I don't know, don't take out my blood yet. And they stuck me with Benadryl. And I was like, boom. I was like, oh, okay, I feel great. Um, and that's when the blood started to go out and come back in. And you can just see my mom just, her soul just like, damn, that's my son, you know? And I, did, I never mentioned that, but I seen her face. I was like, damn. And then I looked at my girl and then my sisters, you know? Um, but yeah, so that, that you know, it, it's just different to sit down while everyone's standing up looking down at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it, that point yeah. I was like, damn, I'm dying right now. Like, I'm like, I'm dying. I can see everyone looking at me. Um, this is crazy. So that was the first emotion I had to feel as a patient on dialysis. That wasn't even, that wasn't even, that was a given. That was like, you got to get through this initial emotion with your family and then continue going on with your life. Cause it took me literally three months to mentally get up to par. I would cry to my older sister. I mean, I would cry to Cindy. I mean, I would just cry all the time. And, and my sister told me like this, she was like, what are you crying for? I, I remember it. Cause she sat right next to me and she says, what are you crying for? And she says, at least it wasn't six months of that's all you're gonna live for. You know what I'm saying? Like, thank God it was dialysis and that you can still prolong your life as opposed to you dying from, from, uh, from cancer, you know? Like, think of it like that and just keep going forward. And that's when it hit me. I was like, I can still live. I can still live. But even till then, I still had, that was the first month in. Yeah. It still took me two months because then everyone started to disperse. Everyone was there on the day Every day. I was going to say, I remember Marie saying that she had to go to dialysis Right. With you. I remember her giving us those updates right, about right, you. Right, right, right. And it was really, really tough to have them come and chill with me while I'm going through it. Mm. And I got used to being alone because I wanted to just be alone and just do this on my own journey to figure my own strength because I'll be weak if they were in there. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't find my own mental strength and look at the people left to right, you know? Um, and it's tough. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to bring your family in there every day. And then when they left, Cindy started coming in every day. I was like, yo, you got to just back up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, do your thing. If you need to go jog, just pick me up after. Don't worry about staying in here um, through the whole process. Because she stayed with me a couple times, like, from beginning to end. And, and it was just rough for me to see her look at me like that. You know what I mean? Um, and then... Uh, transplantation started to happen. I got on the list, we started to put word out, and what people don't realize about kidney donation is that you can get denied on the call. There's no, you know, you, you say, well, I take a pill for anxiety, you're automatically denied. You know, you, uh, stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? So I was going through already a high peak and in a super low peak, you know, trying to build myself up, but I would constantly go down because the a dialysis environment, you try to find happiness, but you can't because everything around you is just so negative. You know, people dying, people getting amputated. Uh, when, when the fire department comes in, 
that means someone is like going downhill, going downhill fast. Yeah. Um, they don't call the dialysis centers knows the people that are already, so they know that when they call you call the ambulance and you see them come in, they're like, man, they're they're crashing. They're going into the hospital ER real quick, you know. Um, so that was what I went through, you know. Um, I don't know what they felt because I try to block myself out to ask them how they felt because I. First off, we don't talk about our feelings really, you know, um, and that was a very quick because they've seen me always active my whole life, and then for them to see me on dialysis the next day, you know, it, it was it was tough, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, and even then, like, so we were going to a comedy store, and I was like, I right, we need to come back. I don't I don't feel good. I already knew that day my body giving up on me. Because I threw up twice and I fell to the ground. My body had completely been poisoned with with kidney failure. It didn't, there was no more functioning in my kidney. I ran to the bathroom. I threw up twice and I passed out. I texted her while I was throwing up. Boom, she came running in. Uh, I hear her yell, but I would see black, like black sh- shadow. And then she got me up. And then she called my mom because she got really freaked out. Oh, yeah. um, she's like, Mark fell down and he's, he, he, I don't know what's wrong with him. But yeah, that was it. But I knew that when I went into the hospital on, on that, that day, that when that Monday came around, the doctor was going to put me on dialysis. There was no question. Because I would go into the, the, the doctor visits and he said look if you don't find a donor within the next couple months and I was slowly pushing it out there it wasn't really you know he was like you're gonna get on dialysis soon so that was really scared for me you know what I'm saying like were you communicating that to your family? no I mean I was but I really really no I, it was hard it was hard to just tell him like look I'm going through something like this and I'm gonna get on dialysis I told my mom but I played it down, like, I'm gonna get okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I was like, mama, they might put me on dialysis, but, you know, I'm trying to stay healthy because they couldn't tell the difference. They could, because I was still fit, um, I was working out every day, and they couldn't see. They were like, oh, my brother's still good, he's still cut, you know? When you think of a sick person on dialysis or anything like that, you see him crumble. It's not necessarily how I was playing it out. I mean, I would go to the doctors, they were like, look, your creatine devil's at like, six or eight which means that's already end stage renal but i was like i don't feel it he said you'll feel it within the next six months you have six months to live you have six months either get on dialysis or if you leave this hospital you're gonna die just like that you know um and when we were in the hospital uh i'll post it on when this post but I told my sister, look, you got to get me shadow boxing because I was shadow boxing. They put seven bottles of saline in my body. And um, I was still urinating it out, but they put seven because I was so dehydrated. Yeah. My body wasn't already, my body wasn't filtering everything out. So they looked at my blood levels and they were like, you're very dehydrated. Um, and then when I got really hydrated, I got so much energy. I started to shadow box and doing yoga poses in, 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 the, in our room, you know. Uh, and... Um, that's when they put the catheter on that Monday. It was my mom and Cindy, they were there. They walked up with me to the, to, to the surgery room and uh, they let my mom go. I was like, yo, don't let Cindy go. And uh, they just put her outside, but they, they inject me, I was already out. And they put this in, they do it while you're awake. Yeah. 
So they stick that in. They 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 stick it into two ways or something like that. One goes into my heart and then comes out of my chest. So they cut it up. They put it through the chest and then one goes down into the heart. Um, and yeah, that was it. That was that day. That's how it all perspired from from beginning to end. You know. And then that post happened. And then that post happened. And then she sent it to me. And Wait. I, I, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Was it from the news? The news one? That wasn't the news one yet. Oh. But I knew that when you sent it, you didn't have any expectations. I knew. We, we I knew. Right, right. I personally, because we know each other. Right. I knew you didn't have any expectations. It was nothing that we had ever talked about before. Right. And in my mind, it was something I replied so quickly because it was something that I had thought about before. I never considered it being you, but I have the mentality of donating, just period, because of how I am. I've donated platelets, I've donated blood, and years before this, I've registered to donate bone marrow. Oh, wow. And so this was a no-brainer for me. It wasn't anything... I had to contemplate a long time about. It was something that I had to speak to my family about. Right. Um, and just to make them aware. They right. Didn't, they didn't have an impact on my decision. Right. But they did, they would be impacted because obviously I would be going into the hospital. Right. And that would affect them. And so right. I just wanted to have a conversation with them about that and be open and honest. So here's, um, a, here's a question I got for you because sure. what they told me in Transplant is that Um, because I started to talk to my donor team a lot. So what would make a donor pull out? Because there were already certain people that were tested but didn't go through. Um, I was like, you know, when it comes to donors, it's very tricky. Because when they go back to their family, to their work, and they start to say they're a donor, they're going to get mixed. Yes. Well, I got mixed before, okay? So um, there's a couple things I want to talk about about why people would pull out. One of the reasons um, specifically that I spoke with Murray about and I actually spoke to a therapist about was I was getting some, what I I interpreted as negative reactions to me wanting to help. And I didn't know how to feel that for myself. I didn't know how to take that in. And I understand that people are entitled to their opinions and people are entitled to their feelings. And the negativity came from them wanting to protect me from anything bad happening because they were invested in me. They didn't know you. So a lot of the negativity came in the form of um, saying things about you and not sure if I was making the right decisions because of whatever you may have had going on or whoever right. whoever they thought you may have been. Right. And, right, and right. they wanted to protect my health. Right. And right, right, right. you know, going to surgery, there are risks involved. Right. But because I've been working in healthcare more than half my life, right. I feel like I'm more aware or more knowledgeable right. of those risks. Right. than the average person on the street. Right. And so I felt comfortable and informed mm-hmm. going into a situation like this. And also, um, I felt comfortable because I'm at peace with who I am and how I live my life. And I 
that OR with what was going to happen. I wasn't attached to an outcome. Uh, I had ideas about the best case scenario, but I I didn't have any expectations. I wanted good things to happen for you and for me, but I understood if something bad happened, I told my mom, like, on the way to the hospital, there are names of the most important people in my my life on the list and my purse. Right. Just in case. Right. And that that was kind of the way I dealt with it. So, um, but going back to your question about why people wouldn't donate, one would be the negative reactions that you might get um, from people either trying to protect you or just not understanding why you would do something that they wouldn't do. And that's just in life, period. People right. will always have negative reactions to things that they wouldn't do. That's foreign so that's to one them. thing. Right, right. But... A whole another thing that people don't really consider and people may not be aware of is a financial reason. So when you are donating a kidney, you will need to take time off work. Right. Now, not every state offers uh, disability benefits when you take off work. So what that means is you may not be getting paid while you are recovering. So I was in a financial situation where I had savings Right. So savings, right, right. I work three jobs, right. and so I have full-time benefits at one job, right. and I was per diem at two other jobs. I didn't have any benefits there, right. so I didn't get uh, any disability benefits from those two other jobs. Mm-hmm. From my one job, I had disability benefits, but I wouldn't be able to access them until uh, two weeks in a day of taking off work. I only took two weeks off, which means I didn't have access to those benefits either. The only thing that I floated on were my savings while I was recovering. And so a lot of people want to donate to their friends and their family, but financially, there's nothing to support donors. There's no funds outside of disability benefits to support donors while they're recovering. And a lot of times, people don't bounce back in two weeks. People need three weeks. People need to take a month. People need to take two months in order to recover from surgery. It's a lot. Wow. And also, I didn't even know that. People also need someone to take care of them. Who's going to, is that kind of person going to be working? Right. My mom is retired. She took care of me right. every day. She's right. feeding me. She's helping me get up. Right. So I had a support system and I had money to take care of myself right. so I could be available in order to do this. So there are a myriad of reasons why people would pull back, and this is one of them. So my social worker asked me a million and one questions about what my life looks like, what my support, um, my family support, my friend support, if I was in a relationship. Um, Yeah, financially, what does that look like? How many jobs do I have? What kind of benefits do I have? And she was trying to help me navigate that whole system to figure out, is this something that you can really do? Like, yeah, you're a match. Yeah, you're healthy. Great. But let's talk about your life and how this is going to impact everything else. Right, right. So that's a huge, huge thing wow, that can affect. I mean, wow. Yeah. I didn't even see. Right. Because they didn't ask me that. They were like, you gotta bring your levels up. You might have a heart attack because your potassium is high. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's just, I can see now 
how they were because we had told you that separate teams sure right now do you know why they do that yeah so to prevent conflict of interest right and, yeah right 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 so a lot of people might not know that um and majority of people who look for a kidney they get a deceased donor you know what i'm saying so um that's one thing that 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 if people don't know about living donation you're li- you're a living proof of what that that step looks like you know um i didn't even know that because they, they were very very protective of anything they asked you and i didn't even want to ask because it, it's just so hard to ask somebody like that you know what i mean like talking to any different team they just said you got to stay on on this side of the tracks and do what you got to do try to stay healthy don't drink a lot of water so i don't know if you've seen all those waters outside if you go outside there's probably a bag that holds probably about 30 bottles of water i drink that a day now i went from drinking one to 30 and when i would drink one that would have to last me about eight hours so I would drink them at sips, and I would have to take medications with my with my meal, and I would take three phosphorus pills to digest my food and take the phosphorus or or whatever the phosphorus pill does to the body, so that um, I can pass my levels on dialysis because it was once a month, but they do it weekly if any levels are high, if it went down or not. Um, so I started to figure out what high phosphorus foods I shouldn't eat, what can I eat, and. Um, I learned a trick on dialysis. If I wanted to eat something at a high level of phosphorus, potassium, I would eat it right before I go in so that it can take it out uh, when I go in because that's when my blood gets completely cleaned, right? Um, so I learned little tips and tricks there, but I wasn't trying to trying to cut corners doing it. I just learned to do that when I'm like, man, is that really, really, should I eat that right now? Because you're on such a strict diet that you want to cheat once in a while. You want to just say, man, I, I just need a cup of, you know, some ramen. Because I couldn't eat that before because of the sodium. is is like 1,900 calories per serving or whatever it is. Um, that was one thing I had to look for because my blood pressure would spike. And my blood pressure was consistent at 180 over 110. Always. So that means I was destined for a heart attack. My heart pressure was, I mean, at 30-something years old, my heart pressure was, you know, and that's why a lot of people on dialysis end up getting heart failure because they're constantly their their heart is constantly pumping you know um that's one thing they got to look out for is that when you're on dialysis the longer you stay the more susceptible you are to heart failure that's what sucks and that's why i wanted to be this this spokesperson for this because ain't nobody gonna do it the way i'm coming full force interviewing people doing a podcast and just telling what the life is really like two years of not pissing like that's a very vulnerable state to be like, oh, you ain't pissed, you know? I mean, for you to say that on air and everything else is is a very vulnerable state. People haven't heard of that. Right. I didn't hear about right. that before. So that's what dialysis does. It, it, it It's taking out the blood, but what it does is also sucks up your kidney. So it starts to shrivel and it doesn't, it, there, there's no urine that comes out. So what happens is it goes to your feet. It goes to your face. They either have an oh, yeah, oval it was face. Going to your, your lungs, it was going to my lungs. And you were getting hospitalized. I remember you got All hospitalized time. a couple times. Because I didn't know. And now I know why I was up that whole night. Because I couldn't lay back and and sleep because my, my lungs would, would would be filled up with liquid. And this was like the first couple of times. I'm like, man, I think dialysis is just keeping me up all night. But it wasn't that. It was because I couldn't lay down and breathe. So I would stay up and it was like, damn, I would just be like this. I'm like, okay, I can sleep like this. 
or I can sleep like this. Wow. So I would sleep like that for a full 24 hours and I would, I would be, yeah, I would go insane. It was one time, 24 hours straight. And I'm like, why can't I sleep? It's because my lungs weren't able to, to do that. So that was, you know, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, um, especially the pills that I take. Have you seen how many pills I took? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot too. So, you know, um, so run down with me how the transplant process was like when you got to the hospital, because I've been going on Facebook and a lot of people are very scared of that initial, like walking in the hospital and like, what was that emotional state like? Well, I mentioned that. Care for 16 years. I've been working in hospitals right, for a right, long time, right. so that isn't a scary place for me. Um, I I know I'm healthy. I know I take right. care of myself, yeah. and so um, going into that visit was like going into the visit before. Um, I I I knew that I didn't take any pills. Right. I didn't see. I couldn't foresee anything that would disqualify me. Right. Um, uh, as far as question-wise and as far as like health-wise. Um, this is transplant day. A, no, this is leading up to transplant. Yeah. Oh, you're oh. talking about transplant, transplant day. day. Okay, let's fast yeah. yeah, transplant day. Oh, I was excited. I, the night I, I know you were. And that, 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 that's one thing I want to make sure <laughs> I make clear no, yeah. because you were so calm and collective that, I mean, I was so scared because I'm not in the hospital setting yeah. all the time. I, yeah. I'm just not. I mean, I'm a patient, but now they're going to start cutting me up. And then, so did they put an incubated tube down your throat when they Yeah, yeah, when I was asleep. But right. So yeah. mine was cut. I had cuts from them oh. and then they took it out you yeah, know yeah. Um, but yeah I remember you telling me um, we're here right <laughs> I'm like yeah but my nerves were just going I had my, my my hands were so but we're here right and then you said something about the doctor what was that again oh I asked the doctor did he did he sleep did he sleep, did he sleep you night? asked me that too yeah and and um, <laughs> I was like yeah I slept and then uh, and then you said what what was that you said again did we show up yeah did we show up we showed up right and then that's all you gotta remember or something like that and I was like oh my god so I'm waiting in the waiting room we got there at 9 yeah and I get there late and I felt so bad I was like I didn't want them to think that I was like reneging on like not coming to for surgery (laughs) right 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 right. so my mom my mom was gonna pick me up for surgery and she was coming way earlier than I wanted her to right and she was like I'm on my way I'm like no I said go back home I'm not ready to go yet right and I was just I was enjoying my morning I right, was chilling right, 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 I wasn't right, ready right. for her to come oh, man. and what I didn't know was that um, we had to check into the hotel before I had surgery and I didn't know where to park and so that was why I was late I didn't know where to park my mom and I were trying to figure that out. Oh, wow. We were trying to check into the hotel. Right. And then after that, we had to catch the shuttle to the hospital. I see. And then check in. And I so see. I felt like a horrible human being because you guys were there early. Yeah. I'm late. I'm, I mean, and I it looks so like I'm not showing up for scared. surgery. I'm and I'm just scared. Like, <laughs> I was scared. So I didn't, I didn't know. I was so oblivious. I was I'm so I'm texting Marie oblivious. like, we're coming. We're yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on our way. We're in traffic. We're looking for parking. Yeah, we're checking yeah, into the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I, giving her updates every like five, right, ten minutes. Right, 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 right. I remember. I was like, yo. Yeah, I remember my mom being so nervous. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I wasn't nervous. I knew you were, I knew you were coming. <laughs> like, I knew it. But it was just everyone just in my ear. Like, is she coming? Where is she? Oh, dude, just relax. 
And I felt bad because I'm sure you probably got that. Like through our whole process of you giving updates to your family and you being responsible for saying, hey, how did Shauna's appointment go? Hey, I know Shauna had an appointment this week. Like, what is her blood work? What did she say? What did the doctor say? Right. Are you sure? I'm sure. Yeah. That was a really tough position for you to play. And it's not necessarily anything right. you volunteer for. Right. But it was just happenstance because I was the friend right. that was getting tested. Right. Right. So I'm sure the whole, it was over a year of that. On top of you already going through what you're going through with, with your brother. Right, right. That, I'm sure, was a lot. It was, but it's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Man. It's over, but I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you were there and you showed up with you in, the way that you did and that you were so open to just volunteering to come to any appointment. I wasn't ever scared, but I, I always wanted to tell you exactly what they told me. Right. And so I felt like as long as you were able to come, it would be better for you to hear it out of everybody's right. mouth rather than it, than it be secondary information for me. Right. And then by the time it got to you, it's tertiary information and then you giving it to your family and I just right. wanted to make sure everything was correct. Yeah. Right. So, right. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even just for relaying the message. It was for me to check on, make sure that you're going to be okay mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really just... Oh, I so. remember when I went to you with you for orientation the questions and everything that I was thinking was, okay, let's make sure that you're going to be okay when you go to Japan. Let's make sure that you'll have a PCP. You're going to be okay that you, that six weeks of you, of your, your date of leaving, you're going to be okay. That's what we need to, that's the questions we need to ask. We already know, you were already, you know, we went into, we went into that orientation already educated, but it was more like, okay, well, this is the the real stuff that we need to actually, you know all the health stuff, mm-hmm. but this is the stuff that like, what's gonna happen after surgery? Like, that's what we need. Are you gonna be okay? Just make sure that you're gonna be okay. And that was my priority. That was my right. thought yeah. that whole time. I'm like, just make sure she's gonna be okay. And she knows everything that she needs to do as far as keeping herself healthy is gonna be accessible for her. Right. You know? I already, you know, everything that, you know, it was beneficial for me to be there for, for you and to also educate myself mm-hmm. on what he's going to have mm-hmm. to go through. So mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. That, that was a lot. Yeah. That was, that was a lot. I mean, I grew up so quick from, this is, this is the thing. I, and I say it in my speech. I said, boxing showed me discipline. Dialysis showed me patience. A transplant showing me how to appreciate life. It's in that order. And that's why I'm out now trying to advocate because prior to people who, who are on dialysis have pre-existing conditions. Yeah. And they don't work. They have never worked. I love what I do. I'm a trainer. You know what I mean? And, and I look forward to training sometimes even after dialysis um, because that's how much I love it. I love my clients. I love the gym environment I just love talking to people I'm more of a person like this than I am being either on cat or just sitting down like sure. it's just not my thing um, and that's what I look forward to and that's what kept me above water was me being able to do a push-up even with this on my chest 
Um, and they told me there's, there's, there's risks to doing what you're doing. They told me, I said, I'd rather die love what I'm doing than die being miserable. I would rather die doing a push-up than dying on a chair that I didn't have the opportunity to do the push-up. Make sense? And um, that's what kept my positive mentality. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and my family, my girl, like, this is the real truth. I was like, man, what's one thing if, if, if I can go through life? What would I want? Forget accomplishments. It would be, I want to see what it's like to be married. This is real truth. Because, you know, I, I proposed to her on her birthday. I was already on dialysis. I want to know what it's like to get on my knee. Just as a man growing up, you hear these things of like, this is what it's like to be a man. I was like, I'm already a man. I'm already going through the hardest thing that a man can ever go through. This is it. This is the depth of the valleys. But what are the good things in life that a man wants to achieve? Marriage, getting on your knee. And I didn't even do getting on my knee like just me and her. I did it in front of all of our families. You know, her family and mine. And, and I was like, this is an accomplishment that now I know what it's like to get on my knee and ask a woman to be my wife, you know? Um, because at that point, I didn't know what the next day had, but I knew that I was able to do what a man would do. You know what I'm saying? And um, so, yeah, that was that was more for me to... to to let her dad know, my mom know, like, look, I got to do some boss, some boss stuff as a man to, 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 to satisfy, because, you know, she ain't never gone through that, you know? Um, so that was, that was one thing for me, you know? Uh, and, and, and I try to accomplish the small goals that made me somewhat happy while I was going through what I was going through. You know what I mean? I didn't, I couldn't start a podcast because I was miserable. I couldn't talk to people like I can now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm more sharper. I have a clear, a clear mentality to talk to people. When, when you're on dialysis, you have a cloud. There's really a cloud over your head. You don't want to do too much. Um, you're just living. Yeah. You know, your soul's being taken out. It's put back in. It doesn't feel the same, you know? And, and, and I know those people who go through that, try to keep that positive mentality, but it's hard, you yeah. know? It's really, really hard, you know? And a lot of people don't know what it takes to be on dialysis. The, the weekly blood levels, the can't piss, you can't eat. Half of the things in this refrigerator, when, when I was sick, I couldn't even eat. I was on another diet. I had to make my own, you know, my own yeah. food, you know? Yeah. Um, Cindy had to cook with no salt at all. So I had to eat a lot of bland food, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what it was, you know? That, that's what my journey was, you know? Lots of crying by myself. Just on, like, I, I didn't want anyone to see me that vulnerable. I would be in my car after dialysis. I'm like, this is crap, man. And then just tear up, you know? Um, it's hard to cry in front of your mom, your, just everyone. Uh, but I had to do it daily because that's what kept me, like, fresh inside. Because all that emotional, like, suppression, you know what I mean? It was just suppressed. And, uh... I would be around my friends, I'm good, I'm good. Try to smile it off, man, but you can't smile that because they can see it in your eyes. They can see the pain that you're going through. Like, no matter how much I smiled, my eyes would just show pain. Oh, there yeah. was no, there was no sense of, I look forward to tomorrow. It was like, that's cool. Small things make me happy now. Like, I never understood what, just sit back and smell the roses. Now I know what that means. Like, that's very deep to me now. Like, to just smell and be like, wow, that, that's, 
very interesting. We're so we're so compiled with the outside world. We don't focus on the internal. Now I understand what cause and effect is. We don't let the cause of the world affect our internal, but we cause what's inside to affect what's outside of us. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I realized that and there were just little things that I started to realize. A healthy person has a thousand wish. A sick person has one. You know, I would go from the gym, go to a dialysis center, and I would talk to both of those people. And a healthy person has always something to talk about. Oh, I, I didn't pay my bills today. And it's just complain after complain. And I'm in the gym, so they're exposing all that to me. And then I would go into a dialysis and I'm like, what's your wish if you had a wish? to be healthy and you can see it with pain you know um, so that was my life that was my journey yeah. you know what I mean it, it, it's it's really hard to, to to express that when I was going through that but now that I see it on the back burner for every dark night there's a brighter day and I didn't know what that meant till this very moment you know what I'm saying and, and, and it was just like boom God and then boom you know it was just like that it was literally like that when she told me that you were I'm like Shana no way you know what I'm saying like that sense of hope came back but I couldn't bring it to this high standard because I already had gotten so many people denied my brother came here you know what I'm saying I had a brother who came here who ate salty crackers every day and this is the real story and went to the hospital with an elevated blood pressure like why would you do that? If you're really down, you'd be game. You know what I mean? Like, he would eat salty crackers. Like, I think it's easy for somebody to say, oh, I'll donate, and actually go through the process, right. and it really just hits you like, oh, it's not for me. And that was one of the things, too, with you, like, why I, I went into it without expectations, because, you know, I don't know if you say, but I was, I got tested. So I got tested before he, when he was first diagnosed. So, you know, I knew the questions and I knew what the discouraging part of it. And I knew that, I, you know, I didn't want you to have to go through that because it's like, it'll, it puts things into perspective that you don't really normally think about yeah. on, a, on a daily basis. So it's like a lot of people can say, oh, I'll donate, I'll help you, I'll do this and I'll do that, but don't really, they're not, they're not mentally there. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, one of the nerves, like, when you when you first get interviewed, one of the questions is, like, why would you, why are you doing this? And it's, like, it's my brother. Why wouldn't I? Like, that's my, half. it's half of me. So, it's, like, you know, the hardest part about just this, this whole journey was looking at him and not seeing him. I He wasn't yeah, there. Yes. He wasn't. Like, he wasn't there. Like, the, you know, it just was, like, you looked him in the eye and it was, like, Mark's not there. He's not there at all. And it was, it took out, that feeling was something that the energy took, it took a toll out of all of us. It's like, you're not seeing your brother. And hey, but I'm smiling right now. Am I back to normal? Yeah. Oh, okay. You look, you so look good. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, so you're like, I it's, just, it's good to see him happy again. Like, it gives hope. It's just, it was just, you never want to see that never want to see that and it's it's it was just yeah if you really like honestly just educate yourself if that's something you want to do like if it's not don't don't you know what I mean like don't even volunteer it's like you know even like when you when what he just said about 
I said, she's going through with this. Shauna's actually legit. It's going to happen. He wasn't excited. And that made me sad because I'm like, dude, like, get there. Let's get there. Like, it's, you know, he's like, until I get that surgery, which I get, like, until you get that surgery date, he was, it kicked in. And I get it. But, like, my thing is, be hopeful. Oh, yeah, we would go out and she was like, you might be getting a second chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, cheer up. And I, we were in like, we were out. And she's like, cheer up, cheer up. She would say that. And I'm like, I am, you know? But I would say that on a, like, downplaying it. Yeah. I'm cool, I'm good, don't right. trip. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. But she's like, cheer up. You might be getting a second chance soon. And and I, I just couldn't lift that soul that, that I have now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you gave me that, like, energy of, like, fucking love, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I um, and that was, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? That's so, and then, and then, and then I, I listened to donors were like, wish I can thank. You have no idea how many times I want to just write thank you. Like, you know Homer Simpson? Did you ever see Bart Simpson on the wall? Oh, on the yeah, Simpson? Just, yeah. just whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but even that's not enough. Because the next, the, 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 the appreciation of life. And this is, I'm speaking for people who are on dialysis and transplant. You're here every day. So every day I am so grateful for you. But majority of those people are gonna get deceased donors and never get to say thank you so much. You know what I'm saying? Like you're seeing it live in effect of a person who is really so thankful for you. Like from the bottom of my heart, I I, I can't even say I, you make me say thank you to everybody. That's what you did for me. You when I was on dialysis, I seen everything wrong with somebody. I wanted to figure a point where I'm like. That person's bad. But you gave me an understanding to look at somebody who's like, there, there's something good about this person, I just gotta find it. Because we're on two totally different wavelengths and I gotta find out where their good point is. Because everyone's not bad. We're, it, they're only bad because we're taught that everything around us is bad. And in my mind, that's a man-made construct. Like right. good and right. bad. Like, the world is bigger than duality. Right. It, it's, right. It's, duality isn't reality to me. Like, a lot of people would say, um, I could only donate to my brother. I could only donate to my mother. I right. I don't only donate to this person, to my family. And it's just like, everybody is a person. If you take away those titles right. and just look at everybody as, right. as people, right. everybody is on an even kill. And if everybody treated each other right. like they were on an even kill, we would be in a better place. But it's right. also for me, just how I live my life is I want to make sure that I help people in a way that I would like to be helped. Right. And it's right. as simple right. as that. Right. And it sounds simple. But when you get put to the test in certain situations, you're like, well, I can't do that. Right. Would you want that help? Right, right. A lot of people wouldn't wouldn't give themselves the help that they need. Wow, if you were the deep. person that wanted a right. kidney, you would take it from anybody that had one. Right, right. But if you're the healthy person that is able to give a kidney, would you give it to anyone? Right. right. And, and this isn't for everybody. However, what do you mean it's not for everybody? Just to clarify, because some people will not know what that means. I feel like I feel like it's enough 
to, I feel like to want to help people is enough. So however that looks like for you, you, you have to know yourself in order to know how much you, you, wanna... you are able to give of yourself. Right, right, right. Right? Right. And like I mentioned, there, there are um, other factors that come in play when it comes to donating. You may be, you may have the biggest heart in the world and want to donate, but you don't have finances. So there, that's not a knock on you. Right. You know what no, I'm saying? Right, 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 right. But as far as, um, as far as just helping people, I think it's important to recognize that when you help people and you give to people and you invest, to be, invest in people, you're actually investing in yourself. And so if you look at it that way, that giving to people is investing to yourself, you're not losing anything. Because a lot of people are like, oh, but I only have one kidney. It's just like, no, you're, you're helping yourself. You're helping this person, but you're you're investing in yourself right. tenfold. Right. And you don't even, you can't right. see it. If you right. saw it that way, right. it would be easy. Right, right. But, it, mean, you know, you right. change your mind, you change your life, you change your mind, you can change the life of people around you. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's how I view it. It's just like, it's really, really important for me, as far as my values and my morals, like, give people the help that you would want. And I can look at myself and I can say that I've done that. And me giving a kidney, it isn't a testament to that. It's just, I, there are other things in my life that give me that validation. This, I didn't need this for validation as right, far as, right, like, how right, I move in this world. Right, right. But I'm just saying, like, this is, this is how I think. And this is why this happened. And I appreciate how you talk about me and how you talk about this situation. Right. I appreciate it a lot. Right, right, um, right. But it was enough for me um, to to just show up to help. Yeah, you keep saying that. Yes. That, <laughs> and that, I remember that for the rest enough. of my life. Just show up. I mean, just that's the step. step. But, that that, and, that but, thing but, will I, stick with me because. And I, um, I also want to mention like. I want, I want you to give yourself or recognize um, that you deserve credit as well because there are a lot of non-compliant patients that are their biggest enemies. Oh, and right. it's important for right. you right. to take your pills. It's important for you to show up to dialysis. It's important for you to be honest with the doctors and nurses about how you're taking care of yourself right. and what you're eating because we all you, your team, right. my team, we all worked in concert in order for this to happen. Right. This right. couldn't have happened if everybody didn't do their jobs. And part of it was what you needed to do in order to be healthy for surgery. There are a lot of patients you that are that on too. dialysis. You said that to me too. That are, yeah, that, that, are, that can't have surgery. They are not healthy enough to help themselves. Right. So this is what I mean by a lot of times people won't even give themselves the help that they need. I'm talking about in life where you're sick. If someone needed money, and they're they're really good at asking for money, but if they had money, would they be good at giving out money? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's the right. same thing. Like, right. You're, right. if you're sick, you know, it's easy to ask for a kidney. If you were healthy, would you give one? It's right. it's so it's it's really important to in my in my life. This is the way I look at it. This perspective isn't for everybody, but this is just how I move. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, so right, right, I, right. I want you to give yourself credit and grace and and um, 
really look at everybody that supported you getting here and us here. So, right. yeah, we did as a team. Right, yeah. We're a team. We did it right. as a team. Right, we did. Yeah, that's... that's and I we mean, have an amazing anniversary. That's pretty dope, you know? Um, how did you... I mean, damn, man, I should, like... You know, that, that, that... Yeah. How did you feel after? Like, the moment you woke up. You know, so... Um, when I woke up, I was in a lot of pain, um, and they immediately gave me pain medication. There was a nurse there. Did you get the it button? It was awesome. No, no button. Um, I had an IV, and they just, they gave it to me in my IV. Oh, wow. Um, and so, and my mom came in, and, um, my friend from high school came in. Oh, wow. And they were amazing. Wow. And, um, they comforted me. I was just uncomfortable for a little while and they wheeled me from the recovery room to um, uh, to my permanent room where, where I would be um, in the hospital um, and my mom stayed with me the whole time um, I wasn't in the, uh, the first day I had a lot of pain the second day I didn't they just kept me on pain medication every six hours. Right, that's so, what they do. Yeah. yeah, I never said, hey, like, my pain is like an eight out of 10. Like, when I came out of surgery, it was an eight out of 10. After that, it was maybe like, it went down to like a five, and then it was like a four. Um, and it, it didn't it didn't go above a four, but they kept me on pain medication oh, wow. every six hours. When they wheeled me to the recovery room, they gave me um, some food, some broth, some jello because we were NPO. We couldn't eat before surgery. What does so, PO mean? Uh, NPO, no, um, uh, nothing for Oscus. Okay. That means you can't eat anything right, right, in your right. mouth. Um, so I was starving and I was like, oh. give me everything I can have. Right, so they right, gave right, me right. ice cream, oh, they gave me broth, they gave me jello that had juice. And maybe like two or three hours after that, like I threw up. Right. And I thought I was like a little bit too ambitious with like my liquids, like trying to take everything on. But they also said, probably threw up from the anesthesia and it's pretty common right um and the next day i was eating just fine the next day i got to walk and um i had a lot of friends visit like all day right right which is awesome where he came um man i couldn't get up i was trying to get up i did oh man no yeah i didn't get up the day of surgery i got up the day after oh yeah 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 Yeah, they wanted me to get up Oh no, yeah. Yeah, they wanted me to get up like 12 hours after surgery. They were like, get up, go. And I was like, damn, dude, this is tough, you know? Um, yeah, but then you came into my room. What, what day was that? Two days? That was the day I was being discharged. Well, how yeah. Many, well, yeah. You were so there for I, two I days. Was the day after. Did I get discharged the day after? Next day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got discharged the day after surgery. Yeah, I got discharged the day after surgery. That's right. Yeah. So you came up? Yeah. I remember yeah. they put me in the chair. And then I, I tried to hug you. I was like, oh, that, mine was 10-10 uh, the I came whole down time. To you. I came and then down I got to up. You. Yeah, yeah, and then I got up. But I, that, I didn't know you were in pain. So bad. Because they took out the... Um, they took out the. Oh, you didn't have the clicker. I, didn't have, <laughs> I had it for one day, and then they were like, man, you're done, dude. I, we keep clicking it. You kept clicking it, because I kept clicking it. Um, and they kept making me get up, and I was urinating for the first time in two years. I was like, oh my God, I, I mean, I prayed all day. 
because of that moment, you know what I mean? And and for you to come up and and then I finally got up. I I was at one percent, but I had to use it for that help. I'm so excited. You know what I'm saying? I, I I had yeah, I had that one percent. That was for you. I was like, there's just no, I can't get up. There was no. I mean, we were doing laps. Yeah. And and Cindy held me, but I I couldn't do it. I was only doing it so that I can be discharged. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't doing it because. Oh, we, you, you'll have a faster recovery, man. I wanted to do it to get out. Because a, a hospital setting is also... It reminded me of just being on dialysis all over oh, again. Oh, wow. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. You realize that yeah. was a bit of a trigger for you. Yeah, it was a trigger for sure. Because everyone on that floor were transplant oh, patients. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. everyone oh, wow. came from dialysis. And everyone was like, where's your catheter? And uh, they kept telling me and chirping in my ear, yeah. uh, dialysis, dialysis, dialysis. You're still on a... I was on a dialysis diet the whole time I was there. So I didn't get to eat whatever I wanted to eat. I only ate, and they slowly, I, even today, I mean, even today, I'm slowly getting off that renal diet because it's just too much for my body, you know? Um, so there, there were just so many triggers, you know? And when I left, my whole arm was, because they, they, they do injections for me every five in the morning. So I was there for three, four days. And every every hour on the hour, and then I was also getting um, insulin yeah. because they wanted to make sure because my blood my, my sugar level went up, so they kept sticking me in and giving me injections insulin insulins because the medication that they put you on um, gets your blood elevates your blood sugar. And one thing that I gotta look for now is that my my sugar level is elevated from the pills that I take, oh, I see. so I can be diabetic in a year's time. So, I, I, yeah, I cut the sweets. I have to. Good. I mean, there's just no way that, you know, um, I want to do the Transplant Olympics, like I said. Yeah. That's my goal. I, I want to do that. Um, but, yeah, so that's 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 the journey. You know, that, that's what we went through. Um, I can't, This is and this is the real truth. The team at UCLA... This is my team right here. You know what I'm saying? Like this, they were great, amazing people, but it's just, they, they grilled me so hard when I got out. Make sure you're on your pills. Make make sure, I mean, they're, they're they grilled, you know? Yeah. I, when you left, a whole team came after. I don't know if you know, or they told you, but a whole team, a nutritionist team came in, uh, uh, new, pills, what is that? People who, Pharmacy. A pharmacist came in, four different nephrologists came in, and they grilled me. Pills, this is what's going to make your, I mean, daily. And then they even question us, like, before you leave, you got to pass this test. How many pills you got to take? Uh, what, what is, I mean, you know, and I'm like, wow, people really take this their... This is what I mean about it. We all worked in concert in order to make this happen. Right, Like, right, everybody. Right, everybody. Right, right. It's, so, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Right. It, right. We're so lucky. So, so that that was uh, that was another thing, you know. Outside of our team that we have, there was that team that, that yeah. had to prep me on. You know what I mean? And I can see why, you know, people are, are like, it's just too much. I talked to people on dialysis who said I'd rather stay on dialysis because this is my community. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't have friends outside of that because they've been on dialysis for so long that those are their people. The nurses are their friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like, man, you have to. You know, I mean, but to it's each a his own. It's a choice. Each his own. You, You're right. You choose to an extent. You, you ch- whatever you are, um, what 
whatever you, you choose what you accept right that way right right you choose so, what you accept yeah and that's just, just what it is yeah there's just yeah but you can choose more and right. so if you want more you gotta put in the work and and there will be hard times associated with that and you know if you're up for the challenge and you work i mean yeah. here we are i mean yeah you were i mean you were mentally, I'm going to be real honest with you, you were mentally stronger than me, and I, and I honestly coattailed off of that because you were just zoned. I didn't have that zone, you know what I mean? Because I was thinking, I'm, 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 I'm dying, you know what I mean? Like, I had the advantage of being healthy. And whereas I understand um, being mentally broken down by what you're going through physically. So there's yeah, a I, huge yeah. difference. Right being able to intellectually understand what somebody is going through and empirically, meaning by experience. You can explain to somebody all day, every day. What what, dialysis is like, but they won't. Until they feel it. Right. Nothing, exactly. I mean, I know, yeah, that's very And so, that's where empathy comes in. It's just like, I can empathize with what you're going through, but I can't, There's there's a disconnect. And it's not their fault. It's like it's like it's like being it's it's the difference between being conscious and unconscious. Right. Like you won't get this. You right. you can't feel this. You won't physically understand. Right. Intellectually, you know what it, it hurts. Yeah. Means. So you yeah. know what being uncomfortable means. Right. But you don't know what this kind of uncomfortable means. Right. And so yeah, I can be focused because. I'm healthy, right. and I have the benefit in my mind of being in and out. I'm stepping into your world, but I'm still on the perimeter. I'm very much on the perimeter. I'm not right. feeling what you're going through. Right. And so, yeah, I'm I'm in a way different zone than you're in because I'm like, boom, I've been wanting to do this. Boom, boom, I'm going to Japan. Boom, 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 like this is my next goal. Wow. And so, you know. Did this, everything plan? Accordingly to how your mentality thought or yeah, yeah, because I wanted to do both and I, I accepted not being able to do both and those were the conversations that I had with your sister because when I initially got tested when you were listed at the first facility I hadn't applied for the position the position didn't exist. Oh wow. And so and I even um, That's when I, I initially had a conversation with my mother and my sister about what I wanted to do my mother didn't tell me this at the time. She just told me after surgery. She was like, I was uncomfortable with you doing it then just because I knew I wouldn't be able to take care of you. Because at the time, my grandmother was alive and my mother was her full-time caretaker. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. And my grandmother just passed this past April. And so my mom me being her child, I'm her baby, she wanted to take care of me after surgery, and she knew she wouldn't be able to do both. So there was a lot of timing issues for whatever reason. You being listed at that first facility, me being too sick to be able to donate, where things didn't work out for whatever reason. Whereas, you know, this this time around, I applied for, I applied the the day that I interviewed for the, the Japan position, was the day that my grandma passed away. And I didn't even want to go through the interview, but I did. Wow. The day that I got the job offer is the day that we buried her. And it was sometime after that where I got healthy enough um, and I started getting my infusion.
version right. I was healthy enough to call UCLA right. in order to try to donate again. Right. And because um, the onboarding process was so long in Japan, and they couldn't give me a definite answer on how long my onboarding process was going to take. I had to go through right. backgrounds. I had paperwork being processed in Japan. I had paperwork being processed in San Diego. And so nobody could give me a timeline on how long this was going to take. So I was like, in the meantime, I'm going to get tested because this is something I've been wanting to do since last year. Like, right. I really, really want to do this. Right. And so while all this is going on, I'm having conversations with both Marie and Alyssa checking on me too. Like, okay, what are you doing? Like, are you donating or are you going to Japan? Like, what are you doing? Are you right. sure? Right. Like, right. okay. Because right. we want to make sure you're sure. Right. And so, yeah, I had lots of people checking up on me and I was adamant. I, I If Japan came back, earlier than the transplant I, I want to make sure that I can do the transplant I want to do it right that's that's priority right, right your life right, is right, priority right, right, over right, right. going out of the country right so right, right. yeah um timing is very 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 interesting how so do you think it just out. I mean it- well okay so I'll tell you this so my job in Japan they wanted me to be there the Monday before Thanksgiving and I told them no oh wow and uh, I told them I wouldn't be available until the end of January. Wow. And so, um, and I gave them the reasons of I wanted to see, I wanted to be with my friends and family um, because uh, probation would be for two years. I wouldn't be able to fly back. And I wanted to see my friends and family um, for this last holiday. But I also wanted to do the transplant. And so what was amazing about our teams is that I communicated this to them. And usually once they decide to do surgery, they schedule surgery six to eight weeks out. That's not what they did with our surgery. They they pushed our surgery up so I could go to Japan. They pushed it up. You know what they told me? What did they tell you? You got approved. You have a donor. Now we got to figure out what day she wants to do it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't they didn't tell me, oh we gotta plan six weeks out. I didn't know that. No, yeah, yeah. So they told my my transplant coordinator told me we usually schedule surgery six to eight weeks out. And I said I would like to do it earlier. And that's why when Marie told me that you wanted to have a conversation with me, I said, make sure you're taking your pills. Right. Make sure you go yeah, to dialysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have an opportunity to do right. both, I want to do both. Right, right, I'm happy right. with just you. Right, right, if I have right. an opportunity to do both, right, right, right. <laughs> help me help you. Right, right. <laughs> Let's remember, all get this that. together. I do remember that. Yeah, and, so uh, that's 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 why we did it so soon. It so was soon. What? And then you just said December 10th. I wanted to do it sooner. <laughs> I wanted to do it way sooner. Like, like, and they were like, no, no, no. We have to, because then... So after they decided that, yeah, we are going to do the surgery, then they had to do pre-op for you, and they had to get all your levels and make sure that everything was straight before they even got a surgery date. So not only were were there all these steps for me getting ready for Japan, I didn't realize how many additional steps there were for getting you ready for surgery. Yeah, they were on and tough. So that was another thing. Like when people decide like, hey, I want to be a donor, there's so many steps that they can't tell you how long this process is going to take. And 
so it could be discouraging, it could be overwhelming. Not everybody can take off work to go to all these appointments right. for blood and consultations right. and examinations and XYZ. Like it is it is a lot. And I'm thankful that I was able to take off work to, in order to recover. I'm, I'm thankful I was able to take off work in order to meet all my appointments and do everything they needed me to do in order for, get, for us to get to this place. So I just want to know. So you wanted to do it earlier? I'm just, oh, no. I'm still, I'm still I told stuck Marie, with this. I, I wanted to do it like around Thanksgiving. Oh so, yeah, I wanted, no, to, I wanted to do it the week, us. I wanted to do it the week before Thanksgiving because I wanted to recover oh, Thanksgiving yeah. break. So, and they were like, Got no, it. that's too soon. And I was just like, why? I want to do it. Right, right. And I wanted to give myself enough time to recover before Japan. And so, yeah, there were all these things that I had going on that wow. I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. Right. I want this to happen. And, and, and on top of that, not only did I want to get ready for Japan, I had to move out of my apartment. And I wanted to have oh, surgery man. before I moved out of my apartment because I wanted to be able to lift things and move things around. And I was like, damn, I'm not going to be able to do that. Like, wow. So, yeah, there were a lot of deadlines, and there was, I, I was trying to forecast how I wanted things to work out in my favor and our favor because this was about both of us. Right, right, right. Um, and I'm sure you had things going on, too, in your life that you had to get situated before you were out for X amount of time. Like, you're recovering as well. So right, you know, right. I was I was trying to organize. So did they say January tenth is our earliest date, or did you? No, say no, no, no. I said yeah. I said what is the earliest? Yeah, yeah. What is the earliest? And I then what did do they it? say? January tenth? Yeah. The, uh, the December tenth. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't realize the difference between deceased donor and life donor. Deceased, you can't make up. I mean, no, we, no, have, we, have, we have a kidney, right. yep. you gotta come in. Yep. With a live donor, you have two weeks. I, it was two weeks that I had to get prepped. Oh man, I would sleep. I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking I died. Like, oh, no. there was just so many different emotions. I was super happy, I was super sad. And I think that's what gave me that mental six pack to just be strong. Is because when that date came, I was like, all right, that thing is really happening. Yeah. I got the call. I recorded the call. Oh, good. I recorded the call. And um, uh, they said December 10th was the date. And, and I, I would go to... I would be the light at dialysis because I knew I had a... It, it's just dark. So, you know how they say there's a light at the end of the tunnel? I would walk in with that light. You know, you're so, why are you so happy now? I'm just like, I didn't want to, because in there, you don't want to, you want to tell, but you feel bad because people are dying and Survivor's they're like, well, guilt. why not me? Survivor's guilt. You know? Yeah. Um, so I'm like, you know, I just got good news. And the only people that really knew were the nurses mm-hmm. and everybody else. I just shake their hands, you know, by the, by the sixth month, I knew everyone in there already, you know? Yeah. But um, it was really hard to say good news to someone who's looking for that day as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I learned how to keep my mouth shut in certain situations like that. But um, that was really, really awesome. Like that feeling. I, I haven't had that feeling in such a long time. And to get that hope and seeing a light. And man, I, we pray every night. You know what I mean? Like I've never been this faithful to, to God. And this is the real truth how I am now. We pray every night and even every morning 
we have a Bible, Cindy reads to me, and then we pray, and then we do our, our fathers yeah. every night. We don't miss a night. Well, I mean, if we fall asleep through a movie and we miss it, we still pray in the morning, yeah. you know? But that's what this whole, this whole journey has been, being an advocate, you know, working with, with people on this. Like, this is it. This is what I wanted for my job. The going on the news, the the doing all, speaking about getting better health. Yeah. But now I'm doing on an even bigger scale of like, really, this is this is a movement I'm creating. You know, like the next like, how do we project where people know about this? Because I'm gonna be going on every door. That's my goal. You know what I mean? Like, don't give up. You got somebody here who cares for you. Bro, I'm gonna try to help you. You know what I mean? Um, and they need that. We don't have that in our community, and I seen that. I seen that no one wants to share their story. We, as a family, I didn't want to share mine. Didn't you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, you know, like yeah, that was. You guys didn't share your story for a long time. Right. Right? You didn't share. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wasn't comfortable initially with sharing my story just because of how private I am and and the few negative comments that I did get like it it kind of blew me away so what are the comments now do you get comments now still not negative no no it's all positive like what do they say like what what are some of these I don't want to know the negative I just want to hear the positive no 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 yeah yeah people are proud to know me and um, checking up on me and glad I am healthy and glad that I did right, this right. and I'm glad that I'm talking about it and right. telling people right. so um, and a lot of people have questions like one of my co-workers I didn't know her and her husband may be donating to their daughter and so she had questions for me right. and um, I wouldn't have never known I would have ever known had I not donated it's the word had gone around work right. Right. and so right. she she so it went around sought work. me out yeah, yeah, so initially, everybody has their favorites at work. Right. I just told very few people, at my, I have three jobs, I had three jobs, at right. various jobs, I told right, right, right. a couple of my favorite people, right, 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 and, right. Um, and immediately after I went to see you, I decided to tell everybody, and so by the time I had gotten back to work, word had gotten around that I had donated, which was fine by me. And I would I prefer it come from other people than it come from me because I don't right, care right, to right, talk right, about right, myself a right, lot. Right, right, right. And so um, people were very supportive and very positive, and and wanted to make sure that I was physically okay and wanting to help and asking about surgery and asking about you and who you were and I was directing them to your website. Right. And you, and so that was really really cool for me right, to right, share right, right, with right, people. Right. So, you know, I created a new website, right? MarkCornell.com. Yeah, you sent it yeah. to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, that was because of you, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's 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 just the the, the 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 mindset you put me in. You know what I'm saying? For for what you've done, like, I'm just so thankful that I just want to share that life to everyone. You know what I mean? Because it's tough. Yeah. I'm gonna always say that to the day. I, dialysis is tough. Did you get the phone call about surgery first from UCLA or from Marie? UCLA, I think. Did you call me? I I knew. I think we knew at the same time. I didn't want to tell you. 
I knew first. Well, I knew as soon as she knew. I yeah. knew. Yeah, because they called me first and asked me the date. Yeah, I already and then knew. I, I, every time I had an appointment, I called her yeah. immediately okay. well, after. You didn't tell me. I didn't no. tell you until she didn't I already. Tell me. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of... I don't know, yeah, and then you guys talked, and you were like, how'd you know? Yeah, yeah. you said, oh, because I would know stuff, and you're like, oh, how'd you know? I just got off the call with UCLA, and I'm like, Sean, oh, Right, <laughs> okay, so they called me first. I was at dialysis. Mm. That's when they called me and said, when... That's amazing that they called you at dialysis. They called me at dialysis. That's so amazing. So then I went in, I was like, yo, what, what? nurse, let's go, let's get ready to go. I mean, it takes... 15 minutes to prep me mm. because they got to take and out it, the blood. Did you, did you hold it in the whole time or did you tell her immediately? Like, guess what? I told her immediately. Ah. Uh, I told her immediately <laughs> because they went through my whole process yeah. of my emotion of saying it was denied. And I would cry on my chair, like fucking just put my hood on and, and say, you know, I got denied again. What happened to your brother? He's not coming here no more. We had to send him back. You know what I mean? Um, just all that. Just yeah. all of that. You know what I mean? Like I went through some... some you know, so I never really got to experience the happiness I have now. You know, I, actually, ever in my life. You know, um, like I said in my last post, I don't think I've ever smiled this much. You know, um, my eyes just look different. I look at myself yeah, and I'm just yeah. like so happy. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm about it. You know, and and one thing that I don't want to project is that kidney patient or dialysis patient look and get jealous from that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I try to hold it back, but when we did the interview, I couldn't hold it back because I'm just like, you guys interviewed me and I was down and out. So now I'm uppity up. I'm going to show you that personality. I don't care if there's 50 cameras, you know, um, because it is really a different feeling. You know, I was, well, what does it feel like? I feel great on dialysis sometimes, I say, you know, but... There's a huge difference. There's not even... It's not like... You'll feel like... No, it's like this. Like, you know, you get your soul. Like, you really have a soul that comes into your being. When I woke up, the moment I woke up, I was like, there's something different about me. You know what I mean? And I was like... I posted something today. Um, you're, you're on the post. It's you on the post. It's us. And um, I forgot, I'll, I'll get it, I'll pull it up. But but yeah, so that's one thing that I'm scared of when this segment comes out, how happy I was. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what a dialysis patient might be going through, might be thinking when they see me, like, I hope that's me one day. Or maybe, you know, because that's life, you know? Like, you don't complain, but you're just like, I seen seven people before I, when we went in, get a transplant and I was like damn man they give me hope but I'm I'm sad that I'm not getting picked either you know like and I know that's gonna go around I, I know that that's what people feel like and my clinic's gonna see it but you can't not express that you know what I'm saying like I gotta stay true to myself no matter what but I, I feel the empathy of those people on that chair because seven people got it before me. And it's not jealousy. It's not that feeling. It's, I'm happy he's getting out of here. That's going to be me one day. But you challenge your faith. That's what it is. God, when am I ever going to get paid? It's that whole 
whole timeline thing. That whole timeline. Like, is this going to work out for me? Is this going to This happen? is what I picture. Is right. this, when is this, when, 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 when? <laughs> right. And the way the hospital makes you feel about donation, you just get one person, we'll put you in through a kidney transplant. That was not the case. And I want people to know that, is that when I went into the first hospital, the second hospital, all you got to do is get a donor. That's all they said. Get a donor, we'll do the transplant. That is not the case. That is not the case. There's so many processes that we have to go through as a team. Yes, yes. That yes. people don't know that, oh, I got a donor. Nah, man, it ain't like that. It, it's There's a process. There's like yeah. A to Z. There's not like A and yeah. B. It's not like that, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I, you know, and that's one thing that I still battle with myself today is that showing that, that high level energy of happiness, you know what I mean? Because I just know there's gonna be people on dialysis that I just don't wanna offend. I, I just don't because I know what they're going through and I, and I post a lot of positive things and I've already gotten backlash from certain people, you know, which is sad. Like, be happy that I'm out, you're probably gonna be next. Like, there was a guy on, on the internet, he said, why are you flexing that you're happy? I'm like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I'm, we're miserable. Miserable. But miserable loves company. And I understand that. Now I know what that meant. But I was like, man, do you know how long I've been looking? That star for me is happiness. Nothing. I don't care about anything else. That star for me is happiness. Because I, I didn't get that for two years. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. No comedy show. No funny movie. You know? So yeah, that's that's what I went through. So if I'm happy now, like all the time, it's because you gave me that opportunity to see life, you know? And they say, look, you gotta treasure that like a baby. Like, you know, a, a new organ in your body is as equivalent as a newborn baby. So they're susceptible till they get their shots of not being around people who are sick. You know, I'm literally here all the time. Like, yeah. till I get approved to 100% go out, you know? Yeah. Um, we go out here and there because I go crazy a little bit, you know, but, you know, um, yeah, so your my body is like a, like a newborn, you know, like my nephew and nieces right now, you know what I mean? But I think they got their shots, so they're going to But my immune system is still like a newborn. How do you deal with the negativity? What do you think or what do you do? Do you respond to it? Does it, does it affect, how does it affect you? I'm very cautious to, I'm very cautious to offend, like offending people now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm very cautious to show that happiness because I see what those people go through. Am I answering that right or or what are you saying? So that guy that said, why are you flexing your happiness? Did you respond to him or is that something that you're... Did I respond to him? Yeah, did you respond to him online? I said, are you okay? Is everything cool? That's all I said. I was like, I I really wanted to project the relationship because I've seen he had a kidney transplant. He went through dialysis. Ah, Did he respond? He did. Uh Um, I was like, bro, you good? Like, what's wrong, man? Like, he was just like, man, you're flexing that you're happy too much, you know? And I'm like, you're on the other side of the table, though. You have a transplant. I don't. I'm trying to find the small little happiness that I can find. You know what I mean? Because I don't have that. Everything was just dark. Okay. When I get up in the morning, it was just dark. Yeah. So if I am happy, I can understand why if we were both happy, that happens to people, you know? 
but not while you're sick. Not if you know what I'm going through. Yeah. Because I'm constantly searching for that little hole of light. Because everything is dark. It's not, this might be light now, but on dialysis, it doesn't look like that for me. Yeah. It doesn't. You don't think about the next day. You think about surviving right now. Like now I know when, when dudes in the projects, my boys would tell me that, that live there, we got to live for today. We don't know what tomorrow looks like. I understand that mentality. You know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't look forward to tomorrow. Yeah. Because I would have went to sleep, my heart would have been palpating, and I would have been done. You know? So for him to say that, was I offended? Yes. Because the only shine that I got for the very first time, a person in my... who understands what I'm going through can just slap me and say, get back to not being happy. You know what I mean? It felt like that. It felt like that, you know? And when you're sick like that, you can't complain because the person next to you just got amputated. Yeah. So how the heck do you complain when you're like, well, that man's got it bad. And you look to the left and you're like, man, that person's got, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're going blind. So how do you complain? You can't. So I just kept my mouth shut at that point. But yeah, that's what that's what it's like to be sick. You can't complain because someone's fighting something else. You can't try to look for happiness because there'll be someone who's going through the same situation and probably even over to just put you down on you know it's it's a different like, type. Come down here with me. <laughs> yeah, come, come down, down here with me. Come down right here like, with me because this is where you belong. Type. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, nah, homie. This yeah. is the first time I'm happy. I'm gonna float with that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, yeah, so that, that, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Run your own race. Yeah. That was cool. Damn, that was pretty deep. Right. Yeah, that was amazing. Hell yeah.